Well, good morning. It is good to see you all here this morning, and thank you for coming. And I pray that some way, shape, form, or fashion that God would use this day to use you and bless you and prepare you. <clears throat> I think it was a commentator that said, as a preacher, you must encourage, agitate, and encourage again. And I look at that and I thought about that. And most time when we hear the word agitated, we think of being ill or angry. I like to look at it in this perspective that agitate means to stir. I work in the chemical business, so anytime something is poured into a vat, it is stirred or agitated by an agitator. And I pray that I stir you, but I encourage you as we read God's Word today and study His Word. Continuing in the book of Hebrews, I would like to tell you a story about a movie I once watched years ago that was created in the 60s by the name The Robe. It was a movie that was actually created out of a novel where uh, uh, this man, which is a Roman centurion, Marcellus, saw a girl who was playing a liar, uh, and, and yet she was crippled and, 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 and all feebled up. And when he asked about, but she's joyfully playing, when he asked about her, come to find out that when she was 15 years old, she was crippled by this disease and she has not been able to uh, uh, do anything, uh, what, what we would say productive in the world, if you will, as far as running and, and doing certain things. But yet she was joyous. And this Marsalis, he gets upset and he says, if Jesus who he is, is who he says he is, then why didn't he heal her? And the person proclaimed, he did. That's why she played with joy. You see, there's an evangelist right now that is bound to a wheelchair and he goes out preaching the Word of God. And as he preaches, he is bound to that wheelchair for he is a quadriplegic. Pelagic. And he made the statement, I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm healed. I can't walk, but I am healed. You see, the healing power that comes through Jesus Christ is the power that transforms your heart from a dead one to a live one. And what we were talking about in the book of Hebrews in the past couple of chapters is Christ was superior to the prophets. He was superior to the, he is superior to the angels. And then I told you we had that little parenthetical insert in chapter 2 where he begins in the first four verses Warning against falling away. And we talked about that in those who, who, who would say that's, a, uh, that's indication you can lose your salvation. And I told you, if you can lose your salvation, you will. Okay? What he is saying is there are those who, like Jesus, walk with the disciples and they've seen him perform many miracles and they've seen him do great things. But what had happened was when things begin to get tough, they leave. They are those that are fascinated with Christ, and they are those that are followers of Christ. And there's a big difference. For those who have been transformed by the saving power of Jesus Christ, He has made you a new. And if you can walk away from something God gives you, then you're saying you're greater than He. 
God is superior, and He created all things. And He created His Son, G. I mean, He created, He was, He created man to be over dominion over this earth. But yet men fail. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, that we could be reconciled unto Him. If you have your Bibles, please stand with me as we read Hebrews chapter 2. After he warned against falling away, he starts chapter or verse 5 with 4. He did not subject angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking. But one has testified, some were saying, What is man that you remember him? Or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You have made him for a little while lower than angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. And you have appointed him the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is subject to him. But now we do not yet see all the things subjected to him, but we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and through whom all are things, in bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God has given me. You may be seated. <laughs> for the Bible says, For he did not subject the angels to the world to come. After he throw, threw in, in this text, the warning against falling away. In other words, listen to what we have been told. You were created in God's image, but yet through your sin, through your rebellion, you have, fall, you have failed. You are fallen. But Christ... Christ has transformed you by dying on the cross and taking a price that He did not owe because we owed a price we couldn't pay. And He paid and satisfied the wrath of God. So hold to the words that you have been taught. Hold to the words of Christ. Hold to Jesus Christ. Listen to what has been said that you don't stray from it. And He throws that out in, in, in two and He inserts that as he will again encourage, then he agitates them about the warnings of listening to things that are not true. You see, there's some religions now that will tell you that Jesus was created. We have learned this morning, we have taught, and I hope that you learned to know this. There is one God, He is three persons, and each person is fully God. Before the beginning of time to the end of eternity, the God, the God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit are all in one, have always been. They are not created. They were the creators. Period. Must be understood. And he tells them, for, for he did not subject the angels to the world to come. What is he saying in verse 5? After he's talked about the warning against falling away, he says, for. Now we look back at the verses in context to say, what is he saying? He said he did not subject the angels to the world to come. He could have. What does that mean? What he is talking about the world to come is talking about a future. 
when this world will be all was right in the world. You think, I want you to think about this. When we were created in God's image, the Bible tells us very clearly in Genesis 1.26 that we were to have dominion. He says, God said, let us make mankind in our image. You hear that? Our image. There is one God. He is three persons and each person is fully God. According to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on earth. So God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you and to every animal of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life. I have given you every green plant for food. And it was so. When God created man, it was right fellowship. And man had rule over the earth. But man fell in Genesis chapter 3. But look what this should encourage you, as Leonard Ravenhill said, should surely lay you out. That God did not subject the angels, the world to come. He didn't give the angels the authority to rule over the world to come. Christ, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, and because our faith and trust in him, the Bible tells we will rule this world with him. I want you to think about this for a few minutes. Leonard Ravenshill said this, Isn't it amazing that God gives breath to a man who's going to blaspheme him all day? That if there's anybody that deserves anything, it is not mankind. But yet through Jesus, there is change. That should encourage you. The Bible says, listen, for he did not subject the angels to the world to come concerning which we are speaking, but one has testified somewhere saying, what is man that you remember him? Now I'm going to give you a little taste here of the Greek. The word man there is anthropos. It's not aner. Aner means individual man. Anthropos means humanity. Praise God that every man and woman who is a born-again believer in Jesus Christ will be with the presence of Jesus in the future to come. And this world won't be tainted by human hands, but a world that has been transformed, united, and Cleansed by the power of Jesus Christ. That ought to encourage you. Because you live in a world right now that is nasty. And he said, someone says, testified saying. Let me tell you what the Hebrew writer of Hebrews is doing here. He is quoting Psalm chapter 8. Listen. He says, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength. Because of your adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, and the Son of Man that you take care for Him. He's not talking about the Son of Man. He's talking about the Son of Man in humanity. Listen. You have made Him a little lower than God, and you crown Him with glory and majesty, and you make Him rule over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under His feet. 
all the sheep and the oxen and all the beasts of the fields and the birds of the heaven and the fish of the sea, whatever passed through, whatever through the paths of the seas, what he is recollecting, what he is thinking about was when God created this earth, man walked righteously with him. There was that right relationship with God. And what the writer of Hebrews is seeing, going back to the Old Testament, David is contemplating how great God is. And the question I must ask, what is man? Well, that's a twofold question. What is man? What is humankind? Well, there's two answers to this. On your own, you're nothing. But with Christ, you're everything. As David is thinking about the wonders and the things that God has created, he realizes and he, he says, you know what? We were meant to walk with you. We failed. We sinned. We are separated because of our sinfulness. And just like I said with, with, with Leonard Ravenhill, men who blasphemed God's holy name, he had a plan. And that plan is his son Jesus Christ who would go and pay the price that he didn't know because we owed that debt we could not pay. And if people really understand the price of salvation, they'd have a greater appreciation of it. Amen? Men were made to have dominion over the earth. But we failed. But the writer is encouraging them, look, this world may be where we are, but this world is not my home. And I want to encourage each one of you that place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ that this world will do a lot of things to throw you curveballs. And life has trouble. That's a guaranteed mathematical fact. Every one of you will have trouble. But either you look away from Jesus or you look to Jesus. And I want you to understand, because we go through what we go through is because of fallen humanity. What we go through, what we live with, what we struggle with, what we see, whether it be health, whatever trouble it may be, whether it's murder, whether it's lies, is because of humanity. Fallen humanity. Because we have all decided at one time, active, or in the past, or actively, or future, we'll decide that our way is better than God's way. But yet God in His great mercy give us His Son Jesus Christ to reconcile us unto the Father. He could have given it to the angels. He could have given future rule to the world to the angels. But He didn't. That already excites you. He didn't. What is man? You see, right now, Satan has limited rule over this earth. You say, Chad, what do you mean? The Bible tells me in the book of Job, he went to and fro. God said, have you not concerned, so considered my servant Job? Jesus, when he was tempted in the garden, or I'm sorry, in the garden or in the desert, Satan says, all these kingdoms can be yours. Well, here's the deal. They are already Christ. But the problem is, Satan does have some limited authority. But that authority is coming to an end. What is man? When you read that Psalm 8, as David would recollect, I'm going to tell you what man is. Man is really small. Or as Kansas once said, we're dust in the wind. We are greatly small. But through Christ, 
we are made great through him. And I want you to understand that what the writer is saying in Hebrews here, when he is beginning to share the text, what is man? He has given them the encouragement to say, look, you are a suffering church that is going to suffer persecution soon. And people are leaving because of it, just like they are today. But you be encouraged. Because of the price paid on Calvary, this world is not your home. Amen? He says, you have put all things under subjection of your feet. Man, we had it. Humanity had it. But because of their sinfulness, they fell. But I want you to also listen to this. Verse 9. He says... Oh, sorry, verse 8. You have put all things into subjection of his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, you left nothing that is not subject to him. But now, we do not yet see all things subject to him. Let me tell you something. We have a limited view. You realize that? We don't see and understand everything in this world that happens. And he encouraged them, look, I'm not going to promise you that everything's going to be great in your life. But I can, what I can promise you is the great one who is in your life. You know, you've heard me say this many times. That James says that we are to have joy in every occasion. Consider it a joy when you go through trials and tribulations. Let me tell you something. There's a difference in those who are in a relation with Christ and those that are not. You can see joy with those that are in a relation with Christ because they understand that no matter what this world throws at them, this world is not their home. If we have the mindset to understand that we're temporary pilgrims here, we're better off, people, trust me. Because I can promise you that if my house stands, somebody else will own it. That's a mathematical fact. But I tell you what I have that a lot of people don't have. That's why I got peace and trust in Jesus Christ. And this world here that's going to be, trusted, that's going to be destroyed by water, moth, and different elements of the earth... My home has got a foundation built on it by Jesus that neither moth nor rust can destroy, but is eternal. Amen. Praise God. I think, you know, here's the thing. People often say, Chad, you get a little excited. I'm going to tell you why. Okay? I want you to understand that if you knew me before I was saved, you would say, Chad, you thought you had it all together. Had a good job, but through my own stupidity, I squandered a lot of things. But you know what? I was a person that had a lot of earthly things, but I was miserable. Miserable. Because no matter what I tried to get or try to achieve, I was never satisfied. Is that you? Just like Solomon in Ecclesiastes, for the eyes never satisfied with seeing or the ears satisfied with hearing. We always want more. But I can tell you, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he transformed me, and Jesus is enough. And that's what he's trying to encourage the, the Hebrew brethren here. We don't see all that's going to happen. But verse 9, this is beautiful. But we do see him who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death. Crowned with the glory and the honor so that by grace of God he might taste death for everyone. I'm going to tell you something. What do you see? You see, I think about this text and I thought about something R.C. Sproul once said. One of the most dangerous things to the church today is the lack of teaching on Christology, the person and work of Christ. 
You see, let me tell you something. When we see Jesus and we talk about him coming to earth, he was not half God, half man. He was not inside God, outside man. Let me tell you what. He was fully God, fully man. Which means this. He was fully God that he could die for your sins, but he was fully man that he took the wrath of it. I want you to understand and have a clear understanding of this verse speaks to the humanity of Christ. See, this is heresy to think that Jesus wasn't what he appeared. It's called deceitism. There are people that will say, well, Jesus, man, he just appeared to be man. Or he just appeared to be God. He just appeared to be this. He seemed, that's where the word deceitism comes from. He seemed to be something. He didn't seem to be it. He was it. And if anybody can identify with anything that you've ever done, gone through, or will go through, is Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about that? That ought to give you encouragement to understand that He knows your name. We sung that song a while ago. He knows your name. Every struggle, everything that you've ever known to suffer as a man, Christ knows. I do not and nor can I relate to a lot of the situations that you go through, but I know somebody who can. The humanity of Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 5 says this, Who is the one who overcomes the world? But the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with the water and the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. He is one God, three persons, and each person fully God. Praise God for that. And because of Christ, one day we're going to rule with Him. What? You heard us sing the song the other day, uh, Is He Worthy? And I've given many illustrations of that when I was talking about who was worthy to take the scroll from the hand of the Father on the throne. And John wept according to Revelation 5 because nobody said a word. And I want you to understand this, and I've said it many times, I'll say it again. When John sees this vision of heaven, I want you to think about it. All the saints of old were there. They said nothing. Angels said nothing. The only person, the only one that could take the scroll was Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. And because he could take the scroll, the Bible says in Revelation 5, 9, and they sang a new song. And they said, worthy are you to take the scroll and to break its seals. For you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God with your blood from every tribe and every language and people and nation. Listen, you have made them into a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign upon the earth. Amen and amen. Do you understand what it means to know that this world is not your home? Be encouraged. Be excited. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about you, but have you bought a gallon of gas lately? And that gets us upset. Because I want you to understand this world costs something. You cannot have anything without a cost. And I want you to understand this. The cost for your salvation, you can't pay. You do not measure up. You don't have it. 
That is a check that you can't write. But praise God, the price has been paid. Men who mocked the name of Jesus, God sent His Son to die for them. Do you realize the statement, the verse, that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you? The angels that didn't fall from grace, if you will, He could have given the future world to them, but He didn't. And the Bible tells us we will rule with Christ. That's beautiful. He says, and I want you to listen. Spurgeon will say faith is the eye of the soul. Which means I don't understand the things that I don't see. But I see Jesus. You say, Chad, how do you see him? I see him by faith. I've heard tell people tell me, Chad, if I saw him in person, I'd believe. Not necessarily. There's many people that saw Jesus with their own eyes and yet they rejected him. There were people that would depart. In his three and a half years ministry, he had a lot of people that were fascinated with him and a lot of people that turned their back on him. But I want you, I want you to understand this. I see him with my faith. And I pray that you do too. What do you see? What do you see this morning? Do you see Jesus? I see a world that is evil and is out to get me, but I see Jesus who has restored me. I see sickness overtake many of you. I see sickness that affects the very bones of your body, but I see Jesus who is the healer of all things. The world will see the you as whether your popularity depends on who your daddy was and what man says you are, what job you possess. This world will judge you on what you look like. You hear the signs, you see the signs, you hear the radio stations, you see the commercials. Be you, love you. This world has a standard for you. But this word has got a standard for me. And that standard is Jesus Christ. I see Jesus. Do you see him? I can promise you this world will let you down. But not only do I see Jesus as the one who died for me, I see Him as the Lord of my life. I see Him as my advocate. I see Him as the one who has brought peace to my soul. Do you have that peace? Do you? I can't imagine being under persecution of the church and here this writer is encouraging me saying, you know what? Listen to what you hear because there's something greater the same word that was spoken to the Hebrews 2,000 years ago is the same word that speaks to us today. Take heed. Christ is enough. The Bible says this, Have this attitude in yourself which also in Christ Jesus, who already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death and death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those that are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you believe? He says, verse 9, but we do see him.
we do see him. The humanity of Christ, who was made lower than the angels, just like us. He became man that he may give you life. Do you believe? Because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he may taste death for everyone. You see, I want you to understand this morning to be encouraged. And you say, Chad, you get pretty heated when you talk about sharing the gospel. Let me tell you something. I want you to understand that I care for your soul. If you continue to rely on this world, this world will be all you have. But if you rely on Christ, this world will have a lot less meaning to you because this is not the world that is your permanent home. You see, I want to share with you this morning something that I think everybody needs to hear. Not only do I need to share the gospel, I need to hear the gospel too because it gives me assurance to know that 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 I did not have, I have because of Christ. Not anything that I did. And he changed me. So I'm going to ask you a question. What is man? What are we? What are you? I want to ask you this, and please, I want you to hear me. Do you know without a shadow of a doubt, if you died today, you'd spend eternity with Christ? Well, Chad, I, I got baptized at eight. Chad, I, I repeated what the preacher told me to. Chad, I, I wrote it down in the Bible just like the good evangelist told me to. Chad, I did this, I did this. See, here's the problem. The only thing that you contribute to your salvation is your sin. I can't save a soul. Nor can you. And what that means is this. Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? The person and the work of Jesus Christ and turned from your sin and followed him. The Bible says we will know them by the fruits that they bear. For a good tree will not bear bad fruit. A bad tree will not bear good fruit. Does your tree produce fruit? It's coming to the understanding that I'm getting what I deserve. I want you to know that as a thief hung on the cross, the only deathbed confession that you will find in Scripture... The Bible says in the book of Matthew, and those that hung with him reviled him. He was upset too. The two thieves both reviled him according to the Bible. But something happened. And when the other thief looked at Christ, he says, if you're the Son of God, save yourself and save us. And the other thief rebuked him said, do you not see that we are under the same condemnation? For we are getting what we deserve. I want you to understand that the first step and understand the gospel in salvation is what you deserve is the wrath of God. And we don't like to hear that. But there is not one of us in here that deserves anything other than the wrath of God. But the Bible tells us that if we'll place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that if we believe, we'd have eternal life. And believe is not believing that He exists. Believe means to commit to Christ that you turn from your sin, you embrace the work on the cross, and you follow Him. That's the Gospel. Do you know? What is man? The Bible says we're but a vapor. He said, Chad, this is supposed to be encouraging this morning. This is encouraging. Because there's no news greater than the news of salvation provided through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we have come to an age where pre preachers want to be motivational speakers. We want to tell you and give you an indication of what God can do for you. He'll make you happy. He'll make you wealthy. He'll heal all your sickness. What foolishness. I tell you what He will do. You place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, He will make you whole. Because Jesus Christ did not come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men live. And what He is saying in this verse, look, We've told you to hang to the hopes and trust that you put in Jesus. Don't turn away. <clears throat> Listen. <clears throat> because if there's anyone that deserves wrath and punishment, it's us. But God through His Son Jesus Christ, not only did He pay the price on the cross, but He says in the world to come, we will roll with Him. That ought to get you excited. Because the world we live in now, we can't even make our mortgage payments. But the world that I will live in with Jesus Christ is the world that was paid for and bought on the cross. Do you understand that? Do you believe it? Brothers and sisters, listen. I'm not here to browbeat anybody. I'm not here to thump you over the head with my Bible. I'm not here to try to talk you into something. Because let me assure you something. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I cannot save you. And there is no preacher that has ever saved any of you. Only Christ can save. But the Bible tells me very clearly that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That ought to give you encouragement, my brothers and sisters. Listen. Because I want you to understand that the one thing about fallen man is one day, or presently, we all put our pants on the same. We all held equally accountable. Our sin, regardless of how good or how bad you think you are compared to the world's standards, we're not bad, we're dead. All men are dead. Humanity. It is Christ that gives life. And I'm not trying to talk you into anything because I won't. I can't. But I pray the Holy Spirit convicts you because, listen, don't step out those doors knowing today may be the final time you do. Today is the day of salvation. And I don't know when you're going to leave this world, as I say every week, but you can know how you leave it. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you be encouraged.
like the Hebrew believers. This world is not your home. You know what? My Kia won't get me through eternity. I rely on a lot of things. Tiffany and I were talking this weekend. We were looking at the future and what life may hold. Talking about a lot of things, talking about our grandchildren, talking about our children, talking about life in general, where we've been, where we are now. And talking about we could not have made it this far without Jesus Christ. And we've, we've, we've struggled a lot in a lot of ways. We were having some interesting conversations. And I had made the joke, you know, I said, you know, even they say in the future, Social Security is going to be gone. <laughs> Y'all didn't laugh. I'm just... But I said, maybe, you know, just maybe that's what we get for depending on man to be our Savior. You see, this government nor your job is your provider. God is. And I am thoroughly convinced in the 23 years of my ministry and the 51 years of my life that I could lose everything I have and Christ is still enough. I'm not guaranteed to walk out that door. I could drop dead here. But you know what? I have a peace just like he was encouraging them. That a peace that none of you can take away. That a peace to know that if I leave this earth today, I'm in the presence of Jesus Christ. I pray you have that peace. But I want you to give you this warning. You're not guaranteed your next breath. And not everybody has that assurance. And I pray today that you look at the humanity of Christ, that you work at, look at the deity of Christ, that he was fully man, that he satisfied the wrath of God through his punishment on the cross, but he is fully God that he overcame. And the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in all those who believe. Fully man and fully God. Be encouraged. For those of you that are Christians here today, and may be a little down, I'm not going to tell you that your problems are going to go away. I'm not going to tell you that when you get and have your pity parties, like I do, I've done it. Look, let's just be honest. When people turn on you, people that call themselves your friends will leave you. People who you put trust in will turn on you. That job that has stayed in you for many years. I, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I, I want to stop for a minute. I'm not trying to ramble, but I want to drive this point home. That job that we believe we're so important at, I can promise will go on when you leave. Everybody's replaceable. 
the things that you hold to that get you discouraged, be encouraged. This world is not your home. I will close with this. There's a missionary. And he has served many years on the mission field. And as they pull up to the port of America, there's a movie star that is in front of him and all the cameras are going off and clapping and giving so much attention. And as he walked down the ramp, battered, beaten, tired. You know, sometimes we just get tired. He walked down that ramp and there was not one camera, one person that came up to him for his many years of missions. And he didn't understand. He said, God, hear this man who has done all these things, walks off the ship, and he is surrounded by people welcoming home. And he said it was like God smacked him upside the head and spoke to him louder than anything he's heard and said to him, yeah, but you're not home yet. I love you. And I pray today that when I leave this earth that you'll see me when you do. I don't have that assurance for you. I pray that every person sitting here has a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know what? I want to see you. First of all, I want to see Jesus. You, 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 you down the line. But I want to see Jesus. I am anguishing over your soul. I will tell you what. There's so many people that say they know Christ and Christ doesn't know them. I don't want to stand up here and I won't stand up here and give you a false hope. But I will tell you there is hope found in Jesus. And you say, Chad, I know him. But does he know you? And I've said it many times. I would rather the whole lot of you be mad at me than any one of you spend eternity in hell. Christ is worthy. And he's worthy to be praised. And he's worthy to be served. And I pray today that if you don't have a relationship with Him, that you turn to Him before it's eternally too late. For those of you who claim to be Christians, and you say, I have been changed by the power of Jesus, then you live in encouragement. 
No matter what this world throws you, Christ is enough. The price has been paid. The fee was too high. But Christ prayed it. Paid it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to a close today, I don't want to just get up and sing a song and leave. God, I pray you convict hearts. I pray you renew people. God, I pray today that Lord, today is the day of salvation. God, I pray and I believe that all true passion is born out of anguish. And God, I pray that believers that are here will develop an anguish in their heart for the lost. That not only do they pray and they minister and share the good news to the lost, but they encourage those that are saved to keep pressing on. Lord, that none of us would drop an anchor. We're almost home. But God, the very thought of knowing that I would leave these doors and somebody here would not be saved wrecks me. God, I cannot ever come in here and assume that everybody's A-OK. I know I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not good at it. And I don't want to be. But God, as I said earlier, I would pray that your gospel would agitate the heart. God, you were not created... Your Son was not created. The Holy Spirit was not created for our glory. You were not created. You were creator. And we were created for your glory. You have always been and will always be. You are one God. There's three persons and each person is fully God. Yet, you hold the world in your hands. God, I pray that if there's one here today that does not have a relationship with you, then Lord, they may be miserable. That you would burn in their heart. That God, they would be tormented night and day then, Lord, they would cry out on their knees for mercy. And, God, it's so wonderful that you give it. There's nothing we can contribute to our salvation other than our sin. And the Bible says that we are, you are faithful and just. And you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
God, may hearts be moved. That, Lord, I pray when people go out that door today that it resounds in their heart. That they ponder you. And they see that the things of this world will let them down. That happiness may be temporary and it's emotional, but joy is eternal. God, I pray that you move. God, I pray that you transform lives, that you save the lost, that you renew the saved. And one day, God, we're going to have a great homecoming. We love you and we thank you. Amen. Leave us, brother.